that's okay, too rich for us. Serious, I have a serious question to ask all of you because I really yeah. We're not going to do 007. Are these frames too much? Are, no. Is this too much? They're is good. this too much? Where are you, Sean? He's drunk as I'm his at, fucking. At my mind. house. He is so drunk right you now. Sound, this is, you sound, are you congested? Yeah, he sounds slurred. No. Is what he is. Oh, maybe I'm not. Drunk. First of all, I'm not drunk and I'm not slurred. I'm oh, not. you can't say that without <laughs> smiling and laughing. When you have to defend yourself, I think that's when it's. <laughs> Jeremiah, off. help me out. I think you look cool with glasses. Fuck, you make me want to wear glasses. I know I have to wear glasses because I think I'm actually farsighted. Ooh, that's a nice one to be. I wish I, I was farsighted. I can't see anything. I, I play golf with Eddie, and I couldn't even see his ball God, go off the... Uh, getting you know, old sucks, five man. Five feet off. You look good, Sean. I, you look... You look really like Ryan Phillippe from Cruel Intentions. I have this feeling. Oh, my God, dude. Look at him. So cruel in his detentions. You guys are assholes. <laughs> you look good. You dressed up for tonight? Fucking A. I put on a coat because I, 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 I wanted to give an impression of what, we're, what we should look like on our YouTube. You, I like it. Okay, I agree. Listen, Sean, Ellie could walk in here, look at you, not even remember you, and she'd just be like, he dunk. He dunk. You know, hey Eddie, doesn't like Sean look like uh like he's um, drunk. He's drunk. He's drunk. Like, you know, office BJ Novacek when he's like all like, you know, prepped out and everything. Yes, like when he comes back to the office <laughs> as a dick. Yes. He looks pretty cool, dude. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, Pam. Hold on, Pam. One second. You you included Mike Myers. Why? Because he was in it, man. It was like, hey, that's Mike Myers. Who else am I gonna who else am I gonna You didn't include? even put Sam Eli Jackson? Roth? Samuel Jackson. He didn't put yeah. Samuel Jackson. Why not? He, he was Sam the Jackson. narrator. He was the narrator. Welcome to another episode of Three and a Half Gentlemen, the podcast where three of the four hosts provide a refined and intellectual analysis of movies from our private collections, and one of us tries desperately to keep up. We'll let you know. We'll let you know which host is which. But <laughs> so for now, my name already. is Sean, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts Jeremiah Garlami, Yo, Eddie, Bongiorno, and Brandon. We said sweet. Sweet. <laughs> this season we've decided sweet. that each host will pick a film from each decade from the 70s to date that exemplifies that time period. Some of the films will be underrated, some classics, while others will be overrated piles of cinematic crap. Okay. To finish off each decade, the hosts will have a group pick that is sure to delight. As with every review we give, our goal is to answer one simple question. How many drinks does it take to get through the film we've just watched? At the end of the podcast, we'll rate the film based on a scale of zero to five. Zero is the perfect film that you can watch so cold sober, and five being the sort of film that you would rather carve your forehead. Oh, oh, wow. Jeez. I mean, Who, I don't know if we weren't going yes. we to do Blazing Saddles. How about we just uh, uh, how we shoot <laughs> each other in the face or something? <laughs> In addition to our review, we pair our Not a good look. cocktail that we hope will enhance the viewing experience. This season, we want to focus a little more on the cocktail. So please feel free to shake, stir, or mix the cocktail that we've chosen and settle in for what we hope will be an engaging review. With that, basing what, it off of Sean so far, it's going to be engaging. What movie do we have uh, rummaging through World War II this evening, gentlemen? Well, yes. tonight we have our final group selection for the 2000 films, and this one was selected by our audience, also known as me. <laughs> what the hell is this supposed to mean, Sean? No, it was our audience. It our was audience our audience said, pick. where's the Tarantino? 
And that I stepped up for you guys. Remember that I stepped up. For yes, you he guys. did. Yes, said, he did. I take this one. Anyway, wait, wait. So this is wait, 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 wait. No, so wait, this wait, is wait. Your pick or this is well, a group pick? No, this, no, is, this is an audience pick. They've been asking like, where is the Tarantino pick, films? It, it it's a my, it's a my pick. It's oh, no, you pick Gladiator. Oh, I did pick Gladiator. Anyway, tonight we have our final group selection for our 2000 films, and this one was selected by one of our audience members. So thank you out there for you. Sean received an email asking, quote unquote, where's the Tarantino, which I think we've all been saying except for Sean. And now we are delivering it just for you. We've picked 2009's World War II themed film Inglorious Bastards, spelled incorrectly in every single way. This over the top violent alt history film is rated an incredible 8.3 on IMDb, yes, has a is. critic score of 89%. Perfect. And an audience score of 88%. On Rotten Tomatoes. So it's not 69 on Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes, right? No, it's not 100% no. on critics' that's score. That's the original. That's the original. That's the correct Bowser, spelling. That's the correct spelling. Oh, that's a bingo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should have done something with milk. God damn it. Damn it. Damn, that would have been good. All right, no, anyway. Scotch is good. In Nazi occupied France during World War II, also known by the, the insiders as WWII. A plan to assassinate Nazi leaders by a group of Jewish U.S. soldiers coincides with the theater owner's vengeful plans for the same result. The film has an all-star, and I'm talking about all-star cast, including Brad Pitt, who literally is my dream, my dream man, my crush. I will leave my <laughs> wife yesterday for Brad Pitt. Christoph Waltz, uh, I don't know, he's, he's a good... I mean, yeah. we should say Academy Award-winning Christoph Two-time Waltz. Academy yes. Award-winning yes. Christoph Waltz. Diane Kruger, who I think we all fell in love with in, in National Treasure. Is that right? No, Troy, Troy, Troy. Oh, yeah, she was good in that. Speaking of Michael falling Fassbender. in love, Michael Fassbender. Oh, yeah. Michael Fassbender. I will, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's my Brad Pitt. Yeah. Well, and he's oh, got a big penis. Um, he does. Shame. Uh, let's go with Daniel <laughs> Bruhl, who is Eddie's guy. After. <laughs> I love Daniel Bruhl. He's fantastic. I mean, yeah. BJ Novak, who that is obviously Sean's uh, man crush. And then we have Mike Myers, who's just thrown in here because he was in a scene for about two minutes. So thanks for that on the script. And it's directed by Quentin Tarantino. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Before we get into our cocktail selection, <laughs> we need to talk about whose film this is. And additionally, what are our initial impressions of the movie were before sitting down to watch it since this is a group pick. But Brandon really carried the torch for this film and whatnot. Brandon. Tell us why you picked this film, or why did you actually go to the five pole for the film? Why did the group? Yeah, why did well, the group? Why did the group? Yeah, well, I mean, so I've been wanting to do Tarantino forever because I love Tarantino, and we could talk about we could have a whole entire podcast on Tarantino, um, and I think Jeremiah, you could, you could, we could talk, Eddie, we could talk, Sean, you would just shake your head the entire time, but I was really upset because I wanted to do Pulp Fiction. <laughs> for the 90s and i just i didn't do it i didn't pull the trigger so finally we got a chance to kind of uh, make up for it with with inglorious bastards um and it's a movie that i saw in theaters and i saw in theaters sean did we watch it together did we go you know what i don't think we did because i watched it with daniel uh me and daniel and derek went out to uh when you remember when you were annexed and working oh yeah yeah, yeah. LA? Oh, yeah. We, we, i think i, I, I want to say eddie was there too wait eddie i thought no. i was with you that that makes sense because <laughs> i was i was not part of the group i've watched this one a couple times with both of you guys i want to say we went yeah. to orange county to watch it with daniel yes. well last time i checked my first impression sean so anyway all right um I loved Brent, it when Brent, I saw it in theaters. You asked me, bro. You asked me about mine. You asked, it's not like it's, I was interjecting. Listen, it's you like a rhetorical, no. it's a rhetorical question. You just kind of sit there and nod like you're going to do the rest of this entire podcast and then be like, ooh, too much blood. 
But oh, anyway, God, yes, yes. this is love it. Uh, love Tarantino. Tarantino is a fucking God. He is amazing. I love Tarantino. I will defend Tarantino to the censors and to Sean's in the world. And I think Glorious Bastards is it's not his best, but damn it, it's it's a good one and it's enjoyable. And I loved watching it again because it's been a couple of years since I've seen it. So, mm-hmm. Eddie, what, 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 Eddie, mm-hmm. take us through your first impression. Uh, I love this uh, Quentin Tarantino movie. Um, this is one of my favorites of his movies. Uh, I, I think it's because I never really got into Pulp Fiction. Oh. I never, I know. I'm sorry about that. I We're never gonna really have to got, watch it together. I, I like Django. Uh, but I thought this movie was ten times better than Django. Jackie Brown. Uh, I also Reservoir, uh, Reservoir Dogs. Was that also Tarantino? That was his first. Yeah, yeah. That was his first yeah. man. That uh, one is. It was. It was also Quentin. Hold on, hold on. It was also Quarantino. <laughs> yeah, Quentin Tarantino. Uh, why do you say it that way? What? Uh, that's how you just said it. That's <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Um, yeah, man, he are likes walking. Interfere. Is this how you can do all night? You're, you're drunk. He's dapper. blitzed right now. He's dapper yeah, and blitzed. Dapper and jeez. <laughs> okay, so my first impression of this movie was Happy Thoughts, because I watched this movie multiple times, and I just—it's a movie that you know, it's a masterpiece. I think it's one of Happy uh, Thoughts with this one. <laughs> this is a this is it's historical. It's, it's it's a it's historical. It's, it's, it's historical. <laughs> <laughs> it's a plus in my book. Go on. Oh my God, Jeremiah. Whiskey. Uh, First impression. Yo, I, I I must have saw this film numerous times when it came out in the theaters because I just couldn't get enough of it. I thought it was something totally different than what we saw with Grindhouse Pictures and then Kill oh, Bill. Yeah. I mean, I think I think this movie just brought it to another level. And I've always seen it every once in a while, but I haven't seen it in a very long time. But it was a real amazing treat to go see it again because I think the acting is great. I think the writing is great. And plus, we'll be talking about it in the film. Probably hands down one of my favorite scenes of all time, and I loved it that I actually talked it with you guys about it. Oh yeah, and Chris so, All right, so I'll, uh, my first impression was this: mm-hmm. I do not like Quentin Tarantino generally. Mm-hmm. I think that he is a fantastic writer of dialogue. Start the hate mail. No, no. So uh, tell me why you don't like him. No, no. Let, yeah, let, let, let Sean finish. Old. Let Sean finish. He, he but I would like to know the answer he to that. Interrupted Eddie. me a couple times. times. Because he's ultra violent, and I don't appreciate the ultra violence. And you also uh, went and saw this movie in Orange County. We know. So I went and saw this movie, and I'm gonna tell you right now, Christoph Waltz was, and and I've seen Pulp Fiction. I've seen uh, what's that movie with uh, Christian Slater? Uh, no, that's True Romance. He true wrote romance. that. True Romance. The the scene with hit with with. Dennis Hopper and Chris uh, Christopher Walken, great scene written by Amazing. Quentin Tarantino. I mm-hmm. think Quentin Tarantino is a great writer. I th- Kill Bill, like I said, I-, I love Kill Bill. My problem is always going to be that Quentin Tarantino is ultra violent, and I don't appreciate it like other people do. Sean, I need to ask you a, a serious question, like a serious question. Have you seen Pulp Fiction? I have. And thoughts. I know that we're we're doing no, this no. one, but I've legitimately seen Pulp Fiction. No, no, no. I'm saying, what do you think? Do you like uh, it? I do, but it it to me that gets carried away with the violence, and I violence. think it's less so than other of his projects. So, what would you like, rather have? What do you mean? What do you want? You want a hand? Like you want? What, what do you want? He wants Encanto. What? Who doesn't want Encanto at this Jeez. point? We don't, we talk, don't talk about, about Bruno. Bruno. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right, let's let's talk a little about the cocktail selection, Eddie. As we mentioned earlier, with each movie, we try to pair the tone, feel, and overall impact of the story with a cocktail. This season, we really want to discuss the cocktail and more, and how it links up with the movie selection. 
everyone who listens knows that when we finally watch a Bond movie, which is literally like three episodes away. Actually, mm-hmm. no, we said that don't hold next episode. Don't hold I said that last. <laughs> is it the next episode? No, no, it's <laughs> yeah. two episodes away. No, it's the next episode because we're gonna be doing our uh, special seventy fifth episode. Wait, Skyfall's next. We keep saying it three episodes away, bro. I, I've said that like three times. <laughs> okay, uh, keep going. Sorry. We pair a vodka martini, shaken not stirred, with a lemon peel. I really want to try that. Drink. I say we just do a beer that day. But tonight, <laughs> but tonight, this cocktail was chosen by the audience. So, uh, well, it's also, it was, well, audience, yeah, they chose it, right? Or no? Who chose no, it? Audience, this is. Ch- Jeremiah chose. Oh, Jeremiah chose the cocktail? Okay. I didn't know that. Sorry. So, uh, Jeremiah, tonight's cocktail. All right. Tonight's cocktail is three whiskeys with the uh, correct hand gesture for fear of having your balls blown off and die in a hell of gunfire on the eve of your <laughs> birth of, of your son. <laughs> hell of a way to go out. Uh, Michael Fassbender said in the film, and I'll have my scotch right here. Well, there's a special rung in hell reserved for people who waste good scotch. Seeing as I may uh, be wrapping my door momentarily in. Oh, drink, drink, drink. Everyone he drinks. drinks. He drinks. Cheers. And I must say, damn good stuff, sir. To make this make three whiskey, you just need three clean glasses. And you know No, what? three moderately clean glasses. <laughs> Did you see the cleanliness of the glasses in that basement bar? <laughs> you just need three wow. good glasses to get this <laughs> wow. scotch inside you and whiskey and whatnot. And then just have a nice two pair of finger pour into each glass. You should be fine. There you go. Enjoy the drink. Go they for it. Two, so wait, two, what, what is our go to whiskeys? They had two whiskeys. They had two different ones. They had like an expensive one. And well, it was like the Highlander Scotch. So wait, what, what what is your go-to whiskey? Because I'm going to tell you right now, mine's Fireball. That's that's not that whiskey. whiskey. That's that not that whiskey. Spring break. I just so, want to throw that out there. That, this is what you have with that. Okay, this is your whiskey right here. This is, this, this is that's is shit why, whiskey, bro. That's is, shit whiskey. This is, this is why you're disappointing as a friend. Just let so, you know. Just enjoy the scotch. Fine. No. Enjoy it. You Lem can just go to our website at the gentleman at the gentlemanpodcast.com or on our Instagram at the dot gentleman podcast. That means scotch. The scotch the do- does mean a lot, but the scotch that you want to drink is anything with a Glen in it. Glen Fittich, Glen <laughs> Marangi, Glen Levitt, anything with a Glen. Glen really Mac- good. Macmillan's? Glen Macmillan. There's I no Glen in Macmillan. Glen no, yourself a 30-year-old <laughs> scotch barrel. Glen no, Gary Glen, Glen, Glen McKenna. Glen, yeah, no, Glen Miller Orchestra. All of that is fantastic. McCormick's? Let's start with the review. Let's get into this shit. Let's talk about the first part of this film. Yeah. Let's just go right into it. Let me just say this. As much as I don't like Quentin Tarantino, I think this exchange between Christoph Waltz and the Frenchman farmer and the Jews hiding under the floorboards is perhaps, perhaps one of the greatest scenes of all time. It is the best written scene in the history of cinema, I just it is it is it's if you're trying to figure out how to create suspense and you want to be a filmmaker, all you have to do is watch this one scene. And I'm really this whole movie has just different versions of that scene. It's different versions of people sitting down with this knowledge that they know something that the other person knows that they know. And, you know, that it's going to end up violent. And it's just this waiting game. And each and every time, whether it's at the beginning or it's at the underground bar where everybody's pointing guns at each other's balls. The basement bar that nobody wants to fucking go to. It's yeah, a game, no, of, it's a game I, of poker, man. I honestly, the whole, the whole, yeah, poker, I honestly think that seriously, like this is probably one of the best opening scenes of just cinema history. Like it's 20 minutes 
of just master class of like tension, uh, just writing and directing. And it's just so good. Like, seriously, like, I have to say it's one of the greatest opening sequence in film's history because Christoph, I think he's the the, the, terrifying. His his performance stole that movie right there and then. I just, it's just so amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. There are certain scenes in films that win people Academy Awards. And I believe that the if you if you go back and watch a movie like The Fighter, and I I, I watched The Fighter with Brandon. In oh the yeah, theater, the birthday and cake I, scene. Mm. And I and I leaned over to Brandon in the birthday cake scene, and I said he just won the fucking again. I will Award vouch for that. for that story right there because I remember it. And I agree. This this is Christoph Waltz's Academy Award winning scene. He was without a doubt the most ruthless slash compassionate slash terrifying everything about his character was just full and and he repeated it i i do believe he repeated the scene with the with the uh the dessert at wherever he was with that with the french girl yes shoshana every time he was on screen Every moment that Christoph Waltz was on screen, he was fucking both terrifying and fabulous. He was, this was his movie. It was fabulous. Did anyone so, notice in the beginning of the film when he gets introduced to uh, the Frenchman's, like the family and everything like that? There's a scene there, and, it, and I must have missed it so many times. And then I read something about it like a while back, and there's a scene there where he actually grabs one of the wrists, uh, one of the, uh, the, the daughter's wrists, the, the youngest, and he's feeling the pulse. He's literally feeling the pulse, and that's why he, she gives that look at him like, I fucked up. It's the most craziest thing. Like, he's such, he's so ahead of everyone. He's smarter than everyone. And that scene right there, if you watch it, audience members, you will literally see him actually grabbing the wrist, and he's feeling the pulse, not just to be all pleasant and all nice and sweet. All creepy. He's there to just like actually get information, and it's the scariest fucking thing. So there's, a, there, there's a reason why, there's a reason why he is eternal, and he is the. Pretty much like the left hand man of finding people, they they send him to to France to find the last remaining Jews that are hiding, and there's a yeah. reason why because he's all he's obviously the guy that refines them, and so it, he definitely plays his part. Hans is amazing in this movie. He Hans Landa, Hans yeah. Landa is the greatest character, and I would argue this: Hans Landa is the greatest character that Quentin Tarantino's ever created. So, Sean, I want to ask you this because you're you're kind of our Hitchcock. Um, guru, I guess, of, of the four of us. Is this not Hitchcock? And, and we're talking about Christoph Waltz, and I'm not trying to take this away from Christoph no, Waltz. No, it's, the, the totally, it's, it's the, totally Hitchcock. The writing is so perfect, and it's that same kind of analogy, or not analogy, but the, the thing that Hitchcock said about, you know, you have somebody uh, talking at a table and waiting, and, and then you show that there's a bomb under the table. And it's this it's idea bond. that suspense, right? Yeah, it's Bond. It's it's the same concept. It's, it, I mean, Hitchcock started Bond, contributed to it. It's this concept that the person who's doing the interview knows exactly what the truth is, and they are trying to stop to, to trap the person into the truth. And so... I do believe that this opening sequence between Hans Landa and uh, Frenchman is, and I I will say this with all reverence and all beauty, I think this is Quentin Tarantino's masterpiece dialogue. I think this scene is better than any other scene he's ever produced in any movie he's ever made. It is 
fucking perfection. Uh, yeah, I have I, 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 I to agree with you with that. It's not my favorite scene in the movie, but it's hands down his best scene. Like, wait, wait, you know, what's your favorite scene? I thought that this was going to be it. No, no, no. How, yeah, how, what, what, how is it? What, what scene I'll, is I'll, about I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you. I'll, we'll talk about oh, the bar scene. The bar scene and it, I just yeah. think it's just, it has that same atmosphere where it's just, so he's, it's tension and it's Tarantino just like, you feel it. You know what I'm saying? these scenes though. Is he not? Is he not? Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah, well, well, dialogue can, every movie, be, every movie can out there. Kill Bill, the, the one with Bill and uh, Uma Thurman, the very end. Yeah. Well, Bill and what's her name? So, yeah, uh, right. will, no, no, but no. you're right. You're but right. There's, there's scenes that he knows how to make these scenes, and they're beautiful. But I there think he's no a master crafter. Or... This one, dude, he crafted his skills on this one with that but scene. Even ter- like uh, even the, and I know that it's an underrated Res- scene. Reservoir Dogs. No, I'm talking about Django Unchained, which mm-hmm. is my least favorite of Quentin Tarantino's. Christoph Waltz again when he's talking about Alexander Dumas. Mm-hmm. and he's talking about the Count of Monte Cristo, and he's 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 painting this picture mm-hmm. and. And then revealing that Alexander Dumas is black <laughs> to a racist Leonardo DiCaprio. That is also one of those scenes that just it's it's almost like it resonates so beautifully with Quentin Tarantino. And I, what would you call it, Brandon? Would, would you call it his mythos? His you know whatever whatever you want to call it. Yeah, no it's, it. Well, it's it's he creates. So I mean, there, you go online and all you have to do is is just look like uh, Quentin Tarantino interconnected stories, right? He's created an entire world that no longer exists within our own world, and that's Tarantino universe. The Tarantino universe, right? Because they're saying, okay, well, World War Two ended differently than World War Two actually ended, and then we get into um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and. The Tate murders never actually happened, right? So he he's taking history and saying, "Fuck it, why why go and and revel in the shit of history? Why not have that cathartic moment of of like, let's let the and bad I, guy lose and then let's and get I the shit out of the bad and guy." I, I will tell you right now, Quentin Tarantino has this knack for bringing you into a story with two characters that you really don't don't care about and make you care about the characters okay so so i've 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 done a lot of like uh studying up on tarantino because you know in order to write dialogue as in a script form you look at somebody like tarantino you look at him and you say oh my god this is this is the the quintessential the quintessential there you go um but what i what i am fascinated about and this is more of a personal fascination is that i love movies that try to capture realism i like the idea of realism realistic dialogue I don't like fancy dialogue. And then you have somebody like Quentin Tarantino who writes dialogue that is so anti-realism, right? Nobody actually talks like the way that, that Quentin Tarantino's Quentin characters Tarantino movies, is not speak. realistic. It's, it's not, not realistic, but there's something fantastic about it. This is what he's all about, man. It's almost like kind of like um, it's a balance between an altered, an altered reality and an expanding imagination. And that's where he's at regarding to what Quentin Tarantino brings on the table and everything like that. You guys are also talking about Hitchcock and everything like that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That scene, when you look at that Frenchman or the farmer's face and you see him break down, he's literally, down. and it's yep. up close. I mean, I can't, you're right. I mean, that has a Hitchcock vibe to it where you literally see like the soul crush of a man half what he used to be right there it, it is it is the most craziest thing to watch that but but i i, I mean not to just dwell on that we're on the first scene of the fucking movie if you <clears throat> if you progress during the movie you have that same uncomfortable moment when you're waiting for the cream in his scene in in christoph Waltz's scene with 
Shoshan, I think, is the character. Yeah, Madame. Yeah, Madame. Madame Dubray. Dubray. Yeah, Madame Dubray. You you've got this like, it's almost like every time Christoph Waltz is on screen, you're gutted. You are exposed to the Nazi Empire, and you are going to fall. And that, to me, is exactly what Quentin Tarantino wanted. He wanted you to feel like you were less than, like that you were exposed, and you feel naked and afraid. So, I mean, if you look at this movie, you can almost break it down into four major scenes, or I think four major movements, and they're all revolving around a conversation where somebody knows something that the other person doesn't want them to know right and the first one is this opening scene with the farmer uh the next one is this the scene with the cream and shoshana uh the next scene is the bar and the next scene after that is the uh the scene where brad pitt and um and uh, eli roth are trying to act off as as italians right and, so you've got the these bar scene scenes phenomenal. oh yeah and but all of these are about one person knowing something and keeping it contained right that that's not about acting it's about letting other people feel squirm on the hook just because you can let them squirm on the hook. I mean, that's, that's true evil right there. Yeah. Let's bring it back to like now the next part where you see the bastards and you see Brad Pitt, you know, and I feel like this is like, yeah, Quentin Tarantino's like, this is his dirty dozen. This is his, his where egos there, his guns are never wrong. Like this is the bunch (laughs) of guys on a mission type of movie. This is the movie that he wanted to do. He's been trying to do this movie for 10 years. And I just love Brad Pitt's introduction. He has like this kind of like this leave Marvin, like, uh, John Wayne, you know, like we're gonna get Tennessee this. And I oh, yeah. I, I want to get all the scouts in my head. I mean, it is such a good scene that you get the introduction of the bastards. What do you guys think about that? It's crazy. Well, so I, I watching it again and really kind of looking for it. I was surprised at how little Brad Pitt is in this movie. You know, this movie is is not nearly about him at all. It's Christoph Waltz. It's Christoph Waltz, and it's also Shoshana. Right. Yes. Yeah. Shoshana the is the main person in this movie. Is, yeah. 100%. It starts. It starts from the very beginning of the movie as them two, and then in the middle they sprinkle in everyone, and then at the very end it comes back to them two again. What do you think? Which do you think this is beautiful. like his foreign film? Like he? This, I mean, it's mostly just. There's hardly any like people regarding to like you know Brad Pitt, an American actor, or anything like no, that. No, da- Daniel Burl, Bur- 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 how do you Bur- say it? Brul, 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 Fassbender. What's Fassbender so- from? No, all all I think about is is Brule from Civil War, right? So Civil War is a great great movie. Oh my God, Sean, are you going to make it through this thing? Are you, are you I am. Slurring I'm slurring your words. <laughs> no, Brule. Daniel Brule. Brule? <laughs> We've already been there. We've already been there. Continue. So what I hope I we don't like, edit any of this I, out. Yeah, what I really like is his relationship with Shoshana. I like his. <laughs> Shut up, guys! Oh I like, I like his his whole scene with Shoshana in like I in feel chapter like five or in the very beginning. Chapter, uh, no, I, I mean even from like chapter two. No, it was chapter, chapter three. Three, three, oh, three. <laughs> I feel like three. he created he created this innocent German person persona, and yes, he was but in he the turns, dark tower. But he turns at the end. Yeah. It doesn't matter though. But he creates this. And to me, Quentin Tarantino does this beautifully. He creates these 
perceptions of characters and then reveals who the characters actually are. Well, I and think, I think that's really big. What I think is it, it's interesting because it really was Quentin Tarantino addressing, I think, something that a lot of people have always thrown at him, which is that he is uh, just not a good person, right? That, that Quentin Tarantino has been painted as this evil person who just glorifies violence. And, and you know, Sean, I know you could probably talk on that a little bit, but this idea that he, but he, what he's showing here is that no, no Nazi was good. No Nazi who had anything no. decent. You I, know. I, I think I think that's that's the truth, Brandon. I think. Oh no 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 no. But what I'm saying is no. But what I'm saying is that so many people, I think, throughout Tarantino's first six films, right? They look at somebody and they look at him and say, "Well, he's he's sadistic and he is just, um, you know." They throw all sorts of labels on him, and this is him saying, "No, I'm I want to see, see good people destroy no, the bad I, people." I, I think I think. That the, the benefit of this film, the the positive of this film, is that Nazis are painted as fucking Nazis, and that the good guys win, and the good guys not only win, but they fucking kill the Nazis. The, and the I scene at the end and, with and Hitler no, 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 getting just on. shot up. I, I, but, no, but just 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 watching the swastika carved on Hans Lange, Hans Lange's head, I think that there's this concept that that Quentin Tarantino has kind of embraced which is jews win hitler loses like <laughs> I like and it's wonderful to watch because the jews fucking kill so i actually love Everybody. the i actually love that there's a metaphor in this movie and that's how cinema was able to save the world in this multi-universe or oh, this, that's, this that's universe so Tarantino, yeah. right cinema saved it when you think about it who's who's a spy uh, uh, an actress and a Diane film critic Kruger. right where is this taking place in a movie theater, you know what I'm saying? It's like cinema saved the world from this evil that's happening in this movie, and it's so fucking Tarantino. Yeah, you have a director there, you have an actress and an actor. I think also, right? Fassbender is a little bit of both. He's a, a film critic, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's it's cool to see different aspects of. They're all mixed in with this cinema, like they're this this this. I don't know, like you said, the Jersey Dozen. I do like how the the bastards like. There's this. They knew about them and like, hey, but like they're fucking almost, terrified of them. It almost makes Dude, you think like scene. makes you look into it. Like, Woo. I bet there was a World War II like dirty dozen that no one knows about, and they were just there to kill shit and just like. I thought this you know, was a true was, story of that, bro. Even if there wasn't, even if this is all, there was an Avenger cruise. Just, there was like a I Avenger cruise. But let's assume this is all reality, like Quentin Tarantino loves to do. Conspiracy theories. Still, is fucking great. Like. Watching the Nazis get fucking destroyed by the bastards is it's it's entertainment. Yes. You actually take pleasure, and and I'm telling you this from a non-violent person. With scalping them, Scalp, I had yeah, a hard time you, watching that. But you take pleasure because you have this you uh, this right this right concept that Nazis need to fall, and you have this this story that facilitates the fall of the Nazis. You have this story that facilitates the murder of Hitler. And that right there, it gets you to this point where you literally are rooting for Brad Pitt and the bastards yes. to fuck up the Nazis. And like, capture them. 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 You know, you know what's so good, dude? It's yeah. like, 
Quid Tarantino knows how to put music into films, and he, oh, yeah. there's no compo- there's no composer here. He used a lot of like old sixties and seventies music to put in this film. He's like on the top on another another level where music supports the film. It's another character, and I love what he does in the Glorious Bastards. But he also brings in he brings in a David Bowie song, which just comes out of nowhere, and it fits, dude. Yeah, it it's fits. perfect. It's so perfect. So I want to talk about one of the bastards because uh, which one? Again, BJ? watching it, just chill out. Watching which it one? again, the bear. You know, I'm getting there. Okay, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Ed. Is it Dominico? I swear to God, I will literally go Dominico on your ass. Come over here, brother. I would love I to you. actually. Anyway, let's just go ahead and say it. Um, freaking Eli Roth. He was. He's hilarious. He's he's so fucking funny in this movie. Donnie, like he's dude. got he's got three s- three scenes really. Yes, and he owns it. And you know, you only think of Eli Roth as like that fucker who made Hostel. Um, but he he <laughs> fucking owned this movie, and I I loved it. He also made and a movie in, in this movie. You know that? Was that? He also made the he also made the movie. Oh in yeah, he movie. made the movie in the movie. Yeah, yeah. What's it called? Paths or what? Uh, something of angels. Angels. Yeah, yeah something like that. One of the things that, about this movie that I think was phenomenal was the, and I, I'm gonna, I'm going to say it, and it's going to sound slightly racist, I guess, Jesus. is the no, no, is the uplifting of the Jewish characters. Is the, you know, I, I liked that the Jewish characters destroyed the Nazi characters. Like that to me was it was justice. It was like giving them power, and I think that. You know, you watch. We watch these beautiful movies like Schindler's List and and other films, but to watch the literal Jews kill Hitler, it was cathartic. There was a it is there cathartic. Was, there was a catharsis but there. More than that, it's also the 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 scene, or I guess whatever the the message that that Shoshana gives right before she kills them all, um, is that idea that you've been taken down by a Jew, like. You want to root for everybody at that point. You just want to, you know, celebrate with her. Agree. It's done so well, and it's you know, and then I mean, you can say it's comically violent, but literally watching Hitler. No, dissolve, it was violent. You know, it was you know, no, 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 no. But what I'm saying is, it's watching Hitler di- dissolve into nothing. Yes. He's got so many bullet holes. You're just sitting there going, like, yeah, add some more. You know what I really love also is Brad Pitt's group and Shoshana's, uh, Shoshana's group. They don't even know that they're both doing the same mission. The a little exact bit. same thing, yeah. and it's yeah. so beautiful. Like they're both the, they're there to like stop the Nazi army and you know, to stop the Nazi. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, just everything. Stop war Virginia. too. Yeah, I, and, uh, I I really love like the actual Tarantino's version of how Hitler didn't take his life, but being yes. shot in the face by a couple of Jewish American soldiers. That's his history, and that's so fucking amazing just to see that i mean it's like it's like it's violent but it was just like fuck that i remember seeing that and it still was watching it the other week i was like fuck that's hardcore dude i mean dude it's ripping up his face yeah like just like making them erasing them from history almost this is this is this is i and i don't mean to say it like this but this is the the thing that about the movie that really made me okay with the violence is that it was the Jews perpetrating the death of Hitler. Like that makes me, it made me almost happy. Like it almost made me like justified in, in the movie, oh, it does. which is, is weird for me because it was a very violent movie. <laughs> yeah. So I, I know we're, we're getting on, but I want to talk to about Jer's scene. We need to talk about the, well, worst. let's talk about that scene in about five minutes. I want to talk about the scene where Londa actually meets Shoshana the second time. 
in the restaurant. And my question to you guys is this. Does he know? Does he know that's her? No. That's in my thing. I think he does. Okay, Eddie, go. Tell me why he doesn't think it's her. So I don't, I think, so he's always, he's always on his, his, his guns, right? Mm -hmm. That's what makes him so special. Exactly. So when he was smoking, like he's reading people 24 seven. So that one, he said, Oh, I have something else for you. And he's reading her. So she, she passed, she barely passed. So she like, she's like, yes. Like she just like, she was smoking, but you saw like this, if she would have like kept smoking, like, like in a panic, like she calmed down. So at first, she was panicking, and he's like, "Oh, just calm down, just calm down." He's talking but, about cream when the whole thing at the at the dairy farm was about milk. I mean, they're, they're, he, he ordered, knows. I don't think he, he does. Knows. He's, he's questioning. He Eddie, you he's are so wrong. No, 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 because it, it no, can go either thing. way. Because whole, I could go either way. Because Eddie's right. Because he, he is a detective. He's he will. Detective. His last thing to do is actually this one, let this, this one happen. Sherlock Holmes. This one got. This one got by him. This one got by him, I think. He okay, does. So have, then let, let me let me follow up with this. He got at Diane what, Kruger so fast. At he, what he got, point? At what point does does Hans Landa does he change over and, and decide that he's going to help the downfall of Hitler? Is it right at there what and point then? Does that happen? Is it, see my other question is is it right there and then exactly. where he knows it's her and right there and then he makes that decision like I'm going to play my cards in this he's one. Play it. and he can play it either way, right? If she wins, then he can take the approach that he did. And if she gets killed off, then he's gonna want. He's gonna be he, the one to take her down. He just knew he was on the losing side with his commander, who was a <laughs> fucking prick. Like he was just new. Like his, no, no, uh, uh, Hitler. He just knew. Like oh, Hans was, was yeah. like, I, we're gonna lose sooner or later. Like I just think, I, I think, I don't think. I think he, he knew, figured it out. I don't think he knew. She. I think he was questioning it. Like he was questioning, like how did you get everything checked out? So he couldn't be like, I'm just gonna kill you. It has to be like something that has to not check out for him to go after it. What about so, Sean? What do you think? Sean, I was going to say Sean's having a, a drunk catatonic sleep over there. I'm, I'm not having anything. I think that I oh think God. Eddie's. Wait, wait, wait. Wait for the cream. I think Eddie is. <laughs> I think Eddie is right. I think that that Hans Landa oh may or may not have known, but he used, yeah. he used that situation. Which I think he suspected that Shoshana was the escape Jew. I think he used that to his advantage with Brad Pitt to secure his freedom. I think that he saw the writing on the wall that Hitler was going down. And I think that he used that whole situation to try and escape what was coming. Interesting, interesting. I can see it can so, go either ways. I'm just that's just where I, that's why I asked this question. Was that Winston Churchill? Was that supposed to be Winston Churchill? Oh, the, the Operation Kino part yeah. <laughs> with yeah. Mike Myers, dude. Did yeah. anyone recognize Mike Myers at the first time, or he was just like, Mike oh, Myers? Shit. I did. Yeah. Of course, you recognize yeah. him. Cheerio! You look fantastic. <laughs> I started I laughing the first time I saw him. I was like, oh, did anyone God. recognize that was Michael Fassbender for the first time? I was like, oh shit! Uh, you know, that was before I really knew Michael Fassbender. I think that that was right when he was turning into this American actor. It was right Shut before. Right. It was right before. It was right before uh, he he started the um, X Men. The Alien. Yeah, Prometheus. Right. Prometheus. Prometheus. You know, so I want to say. Well, I want to say this one thing. So Hans, when he was talking in, in about the cream, his quote was, "They were smoking cigarettes. He gave her a cigarette. Right. He was very he very slow playing. So he said, I do have something else I wanted to ask you.' And he gave her the cigarette, and he was smoking." And he waited for like three seconds, and she's just like, she didn't break. So I think he was 
suspicious, but I don't think he knew. But he, and then from there he said, oh, but right now for the life of me, I can't remember what it is. Oh, well, it must not be important. It just like he he's a detective and this one got by him. I really I think that's. Go. And what, dude, let's just talk about just a scene where how you just watch her face and the moment she like, you know, Landa leaves, <gasps> she just breaks down and you don't see it. But God, that acting is so fucking good. Great. Fantastic. Hey, what's Car- what's Cardigan Hall? Carnegie Hall. Carnegie Hall. Yeah, what is that? It's it's a it's a major like uh, like you call it a theater. It would, no, it's not. It's a music musical. Yeah, it's a music hall. Well, you know, Sean, do you, you want to just give us your? Right? Sean, do you want to give us your score? <laughs> so let's let's talk about. Um, we all agree that probably hands down for Quentin Tarantino, like the first scene of this movie is probably his best scene ever. Yes. My favorite scene in this movie has to do with the bar scene. And I'm the just going to break scene, it down bro. just why I figure like this is probably one of my favorite <laughs> scenes of all time. Sean. Sean, that was the biggest yawn. And it's only 9.50, bro. Okay, let me ask you, what time did you start drinking today? Uh, eight, 8.20. Oh, man, dude. Oh, dude. That was, everyone's going to hear that yawn, bro. I'm here, bro. I'm here. Okay. I'm here. Let's continue, so, bro. So, I know that everyone talks about the first part of the film is like one of the best things that Quentin Tarantino's ever directed. But for me, hands down, the bar scene is one of my favorite scenes of all time. Seriously. I feel like this should be used as a template for all feature screenwriters to uh, show how to capture a scene. It's brilliant filmmaking, yo. Like it's a 10 minute of tension that builds up, then explodes to like this 15 seconds of blood and mayhem and action. And then before it ends, we're in another standoff and it knocks us on our back. Seriously, greatest scene ever, hands down. It is so great. You know, I, I, I have to jump on that. And just, it starts, you know, almost as soon as I, oh, the meeting in the basement of a. <laughs> it's a bar but in the basement movies in a basement that's the stupidest place to meet ever fighting in the basement offers a lot of difficulties it's you know one you're in the fucking basement you know like <laughs> it's funny because you start thinking there, and you go walk in there and they're playing the game uh, headbands it's amazing it's beautiful like, I'm it's like oh my god 10 minute and, tension you know, build up it's, a, it's you know, amazing we, we have already talked a lot I, about Tarantino's I, ability but yes. I think we need to talk about it some more is that his his ability as a writer and a director, Jesus, Sean, sorry to bore you. Wait, 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 Sean, if you're gonna yawn, try to yawn away from the yawn outside of the camera. He, he's doing a part of this. This is when you get Diane Kruger, and yeah. she plays a, 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 a very small part of the movie, but it was, it was beautiful. But what what Tarantino does is he breaks every rule of filmmaking, and that's he slows everything down, right? Yep, he slows it down so that it becomes all so uncomfortable to watch because. You know it's a Tarantino. You know that there's going to be bloodshed everywhere. You know that something's going to happen, but he lets it linger, and he lets it linger longer than you're supposed to let it linger in screenwriting classes. They don't teach you to, to let so, it go that long. Not only does he let it linger, but he he creates this bar scene that has both tension because you don't have uh, you know you know, like the birth of Maximilian. You've got this. You've got this character that has. Kind of redeeming qualities. I don't remember what his name was. Hugo. Hugo was good. Hugo was yeah. badass. Dude. And then you have Major Hellstorm, who also is really smart. You realize he he he, he was naming off stuff, and he was able to catch on real quickly. Let you me ask you something, why? bro. Right. Do you think Major Hellstorm knew they were actually imposters right off the right off the get go? Right right absolutely, right. absolutely. I, I see that was yes accurate because that's why he he didn't leave. He was. He was there, integrating. When he, if, when he pulls the oh, I'm just, I'm just gonna um, 
Sit down. The joke, well, the joke, I'm mad, and how dare you question your, your uh, you know, captain or whatever like that. It it doesn't seem natural enough, even for a Tarantino. It doesn't seem natural. I did. I think he, he did know. And same thing, he was trying to play the Hans Lotter. He was trying to play the, the cat and mouse game. Um, With Fassbender. But, yeah. yeah, but he, he wasn't doing it well. You know what was the giveaway, the, the, right? Before the whole three fingers and whatnot? What, what gave away before that? Hugo. What? Every officer knew who Hugo was because he was actually a known person who killed 13 yeah. officers and whatnot. And he even said it, the narration of Sam Jackson pretty much said, every German officer know the, know the picture and who that person was, Hugo, yeah. and he knew who he was. And that's why he was still staying there. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Because, I mean, instantly, as soon as Hans went in there, he's like, Hugo, hey. So the question then is, why do, why do none of these people act? Why do, they, why do they let it linger so long like a cranberry song? It's almost like a chess game when you think about it, man. You know, I was so hoping for – it could have went flipped right away. You could have had Hugo just slice the neck of the major and then all uh, everyone would just blow, you know, kill all the other people. But I, feel, I don't think they had enough uh, firepower they to didn't have kill. Enough to, no. Yeah, that's, that was the only thing. Let me ask you something. Uh, do you ever waste a good scotch of uh, a glass of scotch? That's a beautiful quote. <laughs> Never. I, would, I, would, I would drop it down a drain. You have to finish it, it or, you go have, to, or you go to hell. I will be in hell then. Dude, and I'll see how there. crazy the Major Hudson got fucked up in that movie. He seriously got his ball shot off, and then fucking Hugo was Bro. stabbing the fucking guy just <laughs> left and right in the back, out. and then everyone yes. was just blowing each other off and everything like that, and you're like, holy Bro. shit. That was, little barmaid decides to get shot. Now sad. Yes, because I mean, overall, you see Hellstorm. He like he he pulled one on Fastbender's like, well, I got your, I'm about to blow off your testicles, and then Fastbender's like, I got your testicles too, and then they're like, well, I'm gonna drink this while I'm waiting here. Yeah, and and then I just love how Hugo comes over, is like, fuck it, I'm here too, bro. <laughs> it was beautiful scene of like, hey. I'm with you. Like, let's fuck this. We're up. gonna Just fucking it, go out in the yeah. blaze of glory right here. And yeah. I love that I scene like, in the end yes. where like Brad Pitt comes down <laughs> and he's talking to Maximilian or whatever that fool's yes. name is, and he was just like, Max "Will, yeah, yeah Will. oh my god, that William. seems so funny." Wilhelm, yeah, I love we how gotta, like Mexican standoff, bro. Like, this is this is not part of the treaty. It's like you got machine guns down like, there, we got grenades up here. That's a Mexican that standoff, the one, right? She's the one that blows him away at the end, which is just. Yeah, that was amazing. hardcore. And and Diane Kruger, we have to talk about Diane Kruger. Is it you, you said it at it, it's a small part, it's a bit part, but damn it, she owns it so freaking well. She does, and then it's just like the way. I mean, she went in as a, a spy, and then she ended up getting choked out by uh, Hans in the. That was a hardcore scene, dude. That was a hardcore scene. That was, I, I that forgot was a about fucking that. Hardcore I remember that. Scene. Was that. That's, that's a hard was, one to watch. I was trying to remember how did she die, and I was like, "Oh shit, I, yeah, she got choked out." She's, so for me, that scene, and then the end where you see literally him carving the, the swastika—that those are hard to watch. Like, why? Why? Why did Landa actually take it so personal with uh, uh with uh, with uh, Bridget? What's your opinion on that? God, I don't really know because it it kind of contradicts. It's almost like that's when he decides after he kills her. Like that was a that was him actually acting. And when he killed her, he realized, "Hey, I can get something out of this. I can, I can." That's what makes me think. And so I'm wondering if it was when, at that's that when point. he decided. Yeah, I, yeah, because he realized he's like, "They're about to do this. If I like it or not, they have everyone in here." Yeah, and there's, you know, this place is about to blow. So let me the get something out that of they, it. The fact that they left um, Brad Pitt, he just left him there, knowing that he was that, you know, the the bastard. They, and they left his people in the in the in the yeah. seats. Like, yeah. made you think, like, oh, Hans is already thinking the, the way out. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, I agree with you. So I think it was at that point that he decided he was going to turn turn tail. What do you guys think about uh, 
uh, Frederick Zoller, right? Uh, Daniel Bruhl. Uh, Sean, what do you Sean, think? Go ahead and try to try to explain. <laughs> do, you what he, do, you, do you really think he was a, a, a German hero? Asshole? Yes, I think. Yeah, he's no, a that's, asshole. Yes, but I don't think. I think the whole story is fabricated, and I think he just happened to be a, a survivor and he just happened to, I don't think he killed everyone. I think that they, they died another way. And I that's think that's why that's interesting. Why he always walks away. Yeah. I don't, I think he's a fake. Oh, I think he's a fraud. That's, that's why he can't watch a good story. So, well, the film was all propaganda, right? Yeah. So he kind of yeah. felt kind of like a shame, like, you know, like a, that's a like good a call, Ed. Yeah. I, I, this, that's I, like I just your think, big fish comment that I nobody think, can ever hear. I think he just happened to have it like, <laughs> Oh, he, he made up the story of, and there's all these dead bodies there. He just happened to survive. And there's all those dead no. bodies there. I don't think he killed I, all of them. Just, I but, think he did. I think in the crow's nest. Let's just be real. In in the nest, they would have gotten real fast. He wouldn't have killed through anything. Is this like your Call of Duty experience, bro? No, this is Saving Private Ryan. Okay, this is Saving Private Ryan. Okay, you, the John, crow's you nest, cannot talk. They about get this. you right away as a sniper. They don't leave you there for three hundred people. Barry Pepper. No, Barry Pepper. Barry Pepper can Barry shoot Pepper anybody. Barry Pepper got yeah, blown Barry away, Pepper dude. Died, then fucking Frederick Zoller died within like ten people, bro. I agree with you. Don't you think nah. the Revenge of the Giant Face is probably the best chapter of all the groups of all the chapters in the movie, the last one? Oh, okay. Revenge, yeah, Revenge of the it's na, uh, national. It said na, the the movie was National Pride, National Nation, Pride. Nation, yeah, Nation but the Pride. chapter was the Revenge of the Giant Face, basically. Yeah, yeah I like I mean, the way it started. Um, no, yeah, with the woman in the red dress. Yeah, I think it, it, it's interesting because there's such a tonal shift, right? Exactly. You have you have everything going. It's it's very very much World War Two. And all of a sudden, then you go over and you're just in peace. Well, it's not peacetime, absolutely not peacetime, but it's non-active violence France and, and Paris. And you just like, it, it makes you feel uncomfortable because it just throws you for a loop. You're not expecting it. So um, I think that it's, it really is, it's brilliant filmmaking because the entire movie, you're never allowed to just relax. You're always feeling like you're on, on edge about something. I love that shot, actually, when she actually walks out the door and the camera's just following her around the whole movie theater. And it has that kind of Kill Bill vibe, the same way how, like, Tarantino likes to do, like, kind of, like, introduce, like, the whole, like, plan of the whole scene of what the what the, the last part of the movie is going to be. Such a badass fucking way how he does shit like that, guys. Yeah, I agree. You know, if the shoe fits, you must wear it. So, Ooh, look at that, yo. Oh, by the way, this is pretty cool right here. Did you guys ever wonder why... Shoshana actually record herself in English to the whole, like, you know, to do the whole film as an introduction. Like, it's because uh, it's a, a, Tarantino was making an American film so that we wouldn't have to read the subtitles. Dialogue. Damn it, no, it was pretty good. Actually, you know the reason why? <laughs> I was happy about it. Is because Hans spoke to her, the farmer in English. Oh. And that was actually kind of going for circle work regarding she was, she was That was her plan her yeah. all the way right there, man. She was hoping, yeah, which to kill is sad. Him. Which is sad that she she never actually does. Because I mean, we're assuming, right? He's got the swastika, but he's gonna survive and he's gonna go live in Nantucket. And no, I think he's dead. Do you think he's dead? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think so. I think they carved him up and they're gonna let him go, and he's gonna carry that that scar with him the rest. Of no, the but that's a good thing because that's a real issue that I know. You know, after the war. Uh, Whoever was in the Nazi army, uh, I say army, but it's not army, but whoever was with the Nazi crew, they left Germany and they actually, there was this big, like, they're trying they to find to Brazil. Yeah. yeah, they were trying to find it. I know there's a show, a show on it on Amazon, but they went down to Brazil, Argentina, but there was this big, like, hey, let's find everyone, all the major killers. Uh, you know, I think it was Interpol or FBI at the time. I don't know it was the time, but there was, a, there was this big, 
you know, this big manhunt for a bunch of killers. Bye, Sean. Um, it makes you think, though, in, in like true life, like what, like no one knows. As soon as you take off the the uniform, that's it's, it's a true thing. Like they, they they no one will know. And you watch, and that, that's kind of like what uh, Brad Pitt says. You know, as soon as you leave, you you take off the uniform. The uniform, no yeah, really exactly. Yeah. And that, that's a it's a gut feeling. Like you know what? Fuck that. Hell yeah. Listen, Dude, listen, carve his carve his fucking face up. This is a first in uh, in three and a half gentlemen. Is that we actually know who the half gentleman is. Right now, yes, yes. Sean. It's, it, it, we're in all case you guys are, yeah, in case you're trying to figure right out now, why yeah. Sean has been so quiet, is that he can't hold his whiskey. You know, he's he, three was too many for him. Three, three, three was too, too many. many. Um, right now, he is he is kneeling on a, on a bathroom floor right now. Yeah, all right, he's, now. Is so he what, in his office? what we're gonna do, guys, is that we're gonna uh, pause for a second and then. And we're gonna get back Sean. to you. We need to find Sean. Actually, we might need to have we might need to call someone to go over to his place. Go pour yourself three fingers of whiskey, and, and we'll be back. Yes. Oh. I like that. Three fingers. That's a good one. Three fingers. Yes, it's always three, three fingers. Wait a second. No, is that what you're supposed to put in your throat, right? You know, remember in like you know Twenty One Jump Street where he's trying to finger each other. In the throat? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great movie. Okay. I love I love BJ when he says, "What do you mean, the little man?" He was just like, there's a, there's a name for me too. I'm the fucking little man. Like, what the hell is going on? Like, he had no idea his nickname was the little man. I heard that there was supposed to be like a TV show. Like, Quentin Tarantino one made this as a miniseries and whatnot, you know? There's a Kill Bill 3. Time. That would be pretty cool, man. That would be pretty he's cool. Gonna do, he's going to do one more movie. And the question is, what's it going to be? He's got a couple on, on, on the burner about all I these. I bet you 5 to 1 is going to be his multi-universe of all the films. They're going to be all connected in some ways whatnot. And that would be the best way for him. To leave. Do you think Sean's turning bad? I don't know. <laughs> so I was saying we should have gotten his damn score before he uh, decided to, to leave. How many drinks did he get? One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we we got here? This is something that's never happened, right? I don't think he's, we have ever had a, a yeah. I don't think we ever had an episode where one guy just completely got shit faced, crashed. Bonjourno. <laughs> I think each of us have had at least one movie. I can yeah, remember two for you, Jared. Harry Potter from me. I remember two for you. No, I know I know one. I don't remember the other one, but I know Fight Club, shit face. Fight Club, but there's also another one. I'm trying to think. Was it um, – Hangover, we were all shit face. Was it me? There was, yeah, there was one where you just – you got amped. Like I was just like, what is going on with this dude? I love it. I know, I know mine. Which one was yours? Halloween. I was so drunk, oh, and I was God. just fighting. For, I was fighting for the. I was so. Oh, uh, so that was so reason. mad at you. I was a little buzzed, I think. <laughs> so I'm thinking, I'm, I'm re- reliving the moment. I was like, why was I so for Halloween? I was like, I don't really oh, know. Like it really was a bad movie. Oh wait, hold on. He's calling. He's calling back here. I'll put him on speaker. <laughs> What's up, dude? I'm not making it. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Just keep shitting. It's cool. We'll, we'll, we'll wait. <laughs> no way, I'm not making it. No, no, no. You're gonna make it in. Yeah, that's good. No, keep okay, recording. Okay, listen, listen. They got through Hitler. He can get his ass over you, They got through Hitler. You can get your ass in here for literally, literally two minutes. America. <laughs> crawl. No, no, no. You, you can crawl. crawl. You can crawl. Take a trash can with you for both ends. That's Why does he act like C-3PO when he gets drunk? He's like, you go. <laughs> I'm I'm done for. <laughs> he does. Sean, Sean, Sean. Hashtag, hashtag Sean drunk. made it. Oh, no, it's hashtag drunk. Like, uh, this is like drunk time, history. Yeah, this is kind of the this drinking. is this is history in the making that we never had this in an episode We've before. Never had this before. No. How many movies? Seventy five movies or seventy? This is seventy fourth. So yeah, this is this is a new one. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's back. Look at him. He's got the light. Blinded Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back night. to Three and a Half Gentlemen, Rucked the, the like podcast where Sean gets ass literally hammered. He is lit up on microphone. He can't. I give. I give the movie a two. <laughs> could, you, could you elaborate? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that brings us to the end of the podcast. Uh, zero. The perfect. Hey, let me get my. Let me get my review in. Zero, one, two, three, four, five. Clear it I is. Give, I give the movie a two. It was too violent. A happy buzz. Okay. And I am drunk as fuck, and I apologize to the audience. And I'm going to go throw up in the t- in the toilet. Are you turning out the tub? And um, the problem is that I have with the movie is it was too violent, and that's it. And good good, good night. What do you love about you all. the movie? What was it about the movie you loved? <laughs> that's it. Okay, we're going to be doing this again, or what's up? No, this is let's, it. Let's just see. Let's this is just, it. I love let's, it. Let's Jeremiah, your score. So that brings us to the end of review. Now it's time for the podcast where each of the hosts provides a score on the following scale. Yes, gentlemen, let's start with myself. All right. So it's uh, Inglorious Bastards. So this movie is a, I really think it's a Quarantino masterpiece. Um, it's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite Quarantino. I can't even say his last name. Quarantino, Jesus. How much did I risk you? It's Quentin Tarantino. I say it together. Uh, Quarantino. Um, it's, you know, it's one of his movies that I really enjoy watching every time. It's a movie that I was, I watched this morning and I was enjoying it the whole time. Like I waited the whole time just to before this episode. Um, I watched it though. I watched this movie probably about at least a handful of times though. Like I really enjoyed every single time. It's a movie that hasn't really aged. Two thousand nine. Uh, it's a it's a movie that it's. I know it's a it's a joke, but like overall the history is World War Two, and you question you. It almost makes you question parts of the history with uh this movie <laughs> <laughs> like, is this true is this true no way this can't be true but then it's part of it you heard i have heard i think brandon was saying like this is or jeremiah you were saying like is there true stories this is part, partially true i don't know no but, i heard there was like an inglorious bastards or there were like the bastards, uh, in, bastards in, back yeah. in the day or some shit and like there, that it was it was a group of jewish uh army i don't uh, know about enlisted. that part i did i think it's about that it's like people who wanted to get bad at uh, the nazi so this movie is honestly a movie that I, I, I like. The It's almost like cameos of people and, and everyone had a part of the chapters. And like it, it's a different – it's a Quarantino – I keep saying it weird and Brandon keeps looking at me funny. But it's, it's like – it's just his type of movie and you have to just really – it's our first movie of him. And honestly, it's, it's, a, it's a great movie. Um, it's, it's easy to get through. It's not hard to get through. Um, I'm gonna give this honestly a, a 1.25. So this is a just over. Uh, so it's it's a it's a drink and a half of shot, right? So the shot is 0.5. So a half a shot. So 1.25. Uh, Brandon, let's go with you. No, I can go with it, man. Oh, Jerry, Jerry you go for it. Cool. Okay, cool. Jeremiah. All right, everyone. I'm gonna keep it short and for reals here, my friends. Inglorious Bastards isn't only the most entertaining Quentin Tarantino film, but I think it's his most underrated masterpiece and his most ambitious work to date. It's a balance of off-the-wall violence and action and dark humor and a love tribute to like old cinema and, and fantasies and things like that. Everything comes full circle with the acting, the writing, and directing. Hands down, it is a piece of work, and I love it. Kill Bill, for me, will always be my personal favorite of Tarantino films, but I, which one, both, both of them. 
That's just one. Okay, well, just is it one movie to you? Yeah, it is one movie. It's not one movie. It's not one movie. Quentin Tarantino says that's Brandon just one fills, movie. I think Brandon. I think Brandon yeah. fills me. So with that, I feel like this movie put him on another level, just regarding to his craft and what he's done with his film and everything like that. Because I feel like the Bastards is in a league of its own. This movie, seriously for me, is a one point. Um, this is a one drink from you guys. Sorry. It's a one pointer. It's a one pointer. It's a feel good first cocktail. Seriously, this movie is. You sound like dope. Sean, bro. Oh man, nice. Well, okay, so we got a one pointer for for you. One so, pointer. As as Eddie would say, Quarantino is is yes, Quarantino. Um, always going to be one of my favorites. Um, Inglorious Bastards. I think I forgot how good of a movie it is. Um, because ultimately, I do look at Tarantino and I look at him. He's he's just amazing across the board. It's funny because um, Kill Bill One is is actually my least favorite of his movies. Really? Um, okay. Where Kill Bill Two, and this is why I have to say there's a difference because Kill Bill Two, I think, is one of his better ones. And so I I love looking at the uh, the difference between the two of them. But going back to this one. This is a movie that has, I mean, you almost say it doesn't have a huge story. It's just kind of like strung along. I like what you said, Ed, that it's kind of just a bunch of cameos. It's got little almost vignette stories. It's, it's strung along by these, these amazingly perfectly, and I do mean perfectly written dialogue sequences that are acted perfectly. And it's almost like Tarantino is like, I just want to make a bunch of almost like short, serious skits and just string them along. Um, and then just kind of s- smash them together. And it works. I don't think it's his most cohesive. And I, I know that's saying a lot because none of his movies are cohesive. They're all out of order and they're all jumbled up and they're all beautiful because of that. But at the same time, um, this is a damn good movie. It has some flaws. It has some things. It has, and no, Sean's wrong. It has nothing. The violence itself is, is not a flaw. Um, it's cathartic. It is beautiful. It is cinematic. It is everything that you want in a movie experience. Um, and so I'm going to go, uh, Eddie, you stole it, man. 1.25 is what I was going to go for. And that's what I'm going to go for here. So, uh, yeah, let's go with 1.25 for me. All right, guys. And so when we combine the scores and divide by four, what does, uh, Inglorious Bastards, uh, get an average rating of? It's a 1.375. A 1.375. And Brandon, I can actually tell you. Where this actually falls under. I have no idea. All right. You guys want to know? Listeners, do you want to know? 1.375. It actually ties in our 14th spot between Garden State and Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Oh, okay. That's a cheers to that. Hold on. Let me think about that. Garden Um, State and. I would say Garden State deserves to be higher. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that. Sean yeah. gave it two, everyone. Both, Sean gave it two. De- yeah, I think both of them deserve to be a little bit higher guard state on this one. But at the same time, I appreciate it. I think that we I'm, – I'm going to make a bold statement here and say this is not going to be our, our last Tarantino. I agree. Um, just like Dark Knight uh, was not going to be our last Chris Nolan. Uh, we need to we need to tap into these guys a little bit more. So I think, um, I think we're I – th- I also think we're grading harder, if that makes sense. I think yeah, I think harder. we are for sure. Um, but yeah, in comments, let us know in emails, let us know in, in social media what our next Tarantino should be. Should we go for the the penultimate, not the penultimate, but the the crowning achievement, I think a lot of people would say in Pulp Fiction, or do we do um, you know, something a little bit newer? Let us know what you guys think. I agree. You can do old school of true romance or something mm-hmm. new. Yep. We could do Dawn Till Dusk. 
Ooh, I well, like that. Wait, that's that's the other way around. Yeah. Natural Born Killers, even? That's a creepy uh, movie. I, I, that's a tough one. Sean I, will not make it. Sean Kenny will make it like for the first 10 minutes. Yeah. By the way, that's the only way he got, the only reason he got so drunk is that he could not stomach the violence. Dude, that's the first. This is the first. This is the that. first, everyone. So don't feel uh, yeah, weird or anything like that. Guys, it's kind yeah, of precious, actually. I'm pretty sure he's snoring right now. It is. In case you're wondering what's happening right now, Sean has his camera still on, his microphone still in the screen. And he is not in the room. So so um, just a few pointers here, guys. If you enjoy our review and you're a fan of the podcast, we ask you to please subscribe, whatever you're listening on, whatever podcast app, and just share us with your friends and everything like that. Dude, seriously, it goes a very long ways. You can find us on Instagram at the.gentlemanpodcast. And also visit our website at thegentlemanpodcast.com. And if you want to reach out to us by email, just send an email to host at the gentlemanpodcast.com and just give us information and whatnot because we're going to be going into our 2010s films. And too bad Sean can't celebrate this, but I believe we're going to be doing a James Bond film. James Bond, right? I, I don't believe it. Don't believe it. We'll be doing the whole lemon pill, uh, vodka martini, shaking that stirred because I can't wait to stop saying that shit. <laughs> We're gonna have to find a new one, or he's gonna he's gonna change he's gonna change it to no, like remember I the actually, time when we did I, James I, Bond. And- I also said this as I for like a, a running joke. We should always pick like the Nets James Bond movie. So I always I, yeah. I kind of had a, a Bond movie I was thinking for next season, but I don't know. I was I want to know what the uh, fans think. Well, fans, listeners, thank you guys so much for being part of this, and we will check out on Sean to see if he's all right. And yeah, well, he got you. See you in a couple weeks with our 2010 picks. Gonna be good stuff. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. Cheers. Who wants to check on Sean? That's more exciting than Point Break and Brian Cox in the movie. Brandon, come down here and check on Sean. I will. I would love to come check on. I sent you guys a picture that can go on the social media. Oh my gosh. You probably should like call his family or someone to see if he's okay. Of that. Of that. uh, Sean's fine. Empty. Oh, he's good.